Hey guys, it's time for some announcements. Outside, beautiful day. Hey guys, Saturday. This Saturday is the baptism at Bayah Honda, our next one. February 12th, we'll be out at Bayah Honda Beach at uh, the Sandspur Beach. You know, you take a right there. And um, this at 9 a.m., we'll do our baptisms. We'll have acoustic worship. It's going to be a great time. So join us this Saturday for that. Also, in this month, on the 16th, it's a Wednesday, week from Wednesday, we're introducing our family fun night. We're going to break out the bounce houses and uh, we'll have all sorts of games set up. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to need some volunteers to help with that. So if you're able, uh, please join us that night. It's going to be a great time. Also, later this month, February 23rd, it'll be a week after the family fun night. Uh, We're bringing back our worship jam night. So you can bring in your instruments, you can sing along, and uh, we're going to have a great time with that. So join us February 23rd, 6.30 p.m. for the jam night. Keep downloading the app and um, enjoy our front deck. It's open. Woo! And let's get, before I do the woo prematurely, let's get ready for church. Woo! All right, and welcome to those of you joining us online. We're getting ready to jump in. It's going to be awesome. The worship was really good early this morning, and, and now that you're here, it'll be even better. Then we'll be in Hebrews 10.22 uh, together talking about drawing near. So get ready for that, and uh, get your Bibles, get your coffee. Here we go. Woo! Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see your faces and hear your voices. Hope you're enjoying your coffee. Have you had it yet today? Uh, oh, you've had lots. You woke up extra early. I, I've had enough. <laughs> Let's just say that. The day is young and he's already had enough. They cut me off out there, too. They told me to stop going about out there. <laughs> the front deck is nice, isn't it? Have you guys visited yet? Yeah. Yes. Super exciting. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't yet know. We're going to start things off with communion, and Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. Um, We are learning a new song with you guys today, so we're really excited to share that time with you after worship. Pastor Georgina will come up, and um, any kids who'd like to join her can join her to learn a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms, and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Encourager Part six today. Before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We welcome your presence here this morning, Papa. Thank you for meeting us right where we're at. As we're gathered this morning, Papa, soften our hearts, open our ears, so that we can receive what you have for us this morning. Help us to be the people that walk in your overlap, to be your people connecting heaven to earth. Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with the churches all around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Heavenly Father, 
We ask you to keep your household, the church, continually in your true faith. That those who lean only on the hope of your heavenly grace may always be defended by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, From now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship now together, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices and to, and to participate as we elevate Jesus in our midst. We're going to see the words pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. We raise a hallelujah.
this room now, Lord. Healing in this room. Salvation. Breakthrough. Deliverance. We speak it, Lord. Salvation spring up from the ground. presence, God. You are so good to us. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I would ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our kids today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the children your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Virginia, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Hi. Hi. How are you? Okay, guys. I'm so excited. Hi, Susanna. I love that dress. It's so pretty. Hi, everyone. So we are starting a new book in the Bible. It's the fourth book in the Bible. Does anybody know what the fourth book in the Bible is called? Numbers. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, Numbers. Right? So it's a good, it's a really good name to have to remember the fourth book in the Bible, right? Numbers? Because you think four numbers, right? I think I would do that. Cool. So we have been studying about how God has been taking care of his people that he rescued from Egypt, right? He gave them manna to eat. He was with them day and night. And now they are so close to the promised land, right? And God is ready to give them a wonderful, wonderful land. But something happened, guys. Are you ready to hear what happened? Okay, so God told Moses to send 12 people to look at this amazing land, right? To find out more about it for themselves. And they were to come back and report it to everyone. So they went, and they were gone for 40 days. Can you guys say 40 days? 40 days. I know, that's a lot, right? 40 days they were gone, and then they found that the land had a lot of fruit, and they found a cluster of grapes. Do you guys like grapes? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I love grapes. They found a cluster of grapes, and it was so big that they needed two people to hold it with a pole. Isn't that crazy? That is amazing. So it is. So they went back to... Moses and the other Israelites, and they reported what they saw. They said, oh, the land has a lot of fruit, guys. It's a good land. But the cities are huge, right? And they have huge walls protecting it. 
And there are giants there. Have you ever seen a giant? Raise your hand. Have you ever seen a giant? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a giant. And they saw giants there. And they were like, we can't go to that land. We're scared of them, right? And Caleb and Joshua, who were two of the 12 that went, they were like, do not be scared. God is with us. If he says he's going to give us this land, he will give it to us, right? But the people did not believe the Lord. They did not trust him. Do you know that Jesus trusted God? And he wants us to do the same thing, right? So because they did follow God's commands, good job. So because they didn't trust him, the people could not go into the promised land. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Do you know that God has promised something like that to us? He said that if we trust in Jesus, right, if we trust him and walk with him, he, he will... Right? Give us life forever with him. Did you know that? Yes. Good. I know. I'm so sorry. I did. All right, guys. So God told them, I know, God told them that they couldn't go into the promised land. And this is what he said. Ready, guys? Okay, who's, raise your hand if you're listening. Raise your hand if you're listening. I'm so glad. Okay, it says, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. It was a really sad day because they had to wander the wilderness for 40 years because everyone that didn't believe was gone by then. Then And then the people that did believe, that did want to go into the they promised land, got a promise, a were able to go. They just find a perfect spot that was yeah. they could make a camp. Excellent. Thank you, Cole. Okay, you guys ready to repeat after me? Okay, ready? Okay. Numbers 14.23. Numbers 14.23. Excellent. They certainly, they certainly shall not see... The land, the land, which I swore, was just to their fathers, to their fathers, nor shall any of those, nor shall any of those, who rejected me, who rejected me, see it, to see it. Excellent job. That was so good. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Then Pastor Georgina will pray for them and will dismiss them, dismiss them to children's church. All right, guys, so now we're going to pray and then we get to go to our classrooms, okay? So what do we do when we pray, guys? We bow our heads and we close our eyes. You guys ready? Okay, one, two, three. Papa, we thank you so much, Lord God, that you have made a way for us to be with you forever, Lord God. And I pray that the little ones will always trust you, Lord, will put their trust in Jesus and follow you all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, what do we say, guys? Amen. All right, very good. All right, go have fun. Good job, Pastor Georgina.
Ah, we love your children. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad you're here. I was, so, so while things were worshiping, everybody was standing up. As people were coming in, they, it wasn't easy for them to figure out where they could sit. And I know, yeah, well, so, and you go, well, but see, we want you to be able to find a seat right away. That's good. But it's also, after a two-year run that we've had, it's a very good thing to see people coming back through the doors and... We're excited about that. So we, we feel bad and not bad. It's the definition of amb- it's ambivalent. Yeah. We're ambivalent. Well, uh, anyway, um, and welcome to those of you joining us online. I don't know if I said that. You've, you probably have plenty of room in your living room. But uh, that's good. If you are a first-time guest or visitor, that little code that just popped up, if you pointed your smart device at that with a camera on, a link will pop up to our digital connect card. That will ask for your name. Uh, email address and phone number. And let me tell you, if you do fill that out, which we'd like you to do, uh, over the next four, five, six weeks, you will get a number of texts and emails from us telling you about the church, asking you a few questions. Um, so it'd be great if you'd fill it out. We also have gifts for all of the first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by there on the way out. And we have a nice free gift for you for being here. Thank you so much for being here. We're praying for our neighbors. This is something we've been doing for months again, and uh, I'm asking you to do that individually where you live and do it as often as possible, but we're also doing it corporately when we gather, and uh, you are planted where you are on, for lots of reasons, but one of them is to be a light into the world and into our neighbors. So think about your neighbors, get them in your mind, and then let's go to the, go to the Lord. Father, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask, God, that you would move in their lives in mighty ways and that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors well. And bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough into this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Makes a difference. Keep it up. Keep praying for your neighbors. Also, i got three other things. I'm going to go real quick. Um, Because we did cover some of them in the announcements. Baptism this Saturday at Bay of Honda. You need to be baptized if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized. It just it needs to happen. And it's a great spot to do it. And I looked at the weather. It should be a nice day. It it warms up. So uh, I always say, you know, and if you listen, other people will come who... um, to get baptized who don't remember being baptized. And I'm not saying it didn't take whenever it happened. It is such a powerful memory. You should have a memory of being baptized. And in February, Bay Honda, it'll be cold enough that you will absolutely remember. <laughs> a week from Wednesday, and I'm mentioning this because it's a first-time event for us. We're doing a family fun night. We're trying to make ways to invite the community back in to get to know us. So we'll take all the chairs out, and we'll have all of, we have a lot of bounce houses if you haven't been here for long. We'll have all of our bounce houses up. We'll have the food truck out front, giving away hot dogs and ice cream. Invite people to come 5.30 to 7.30 on the 16th, and we'll need volunteers. And you can volunteer on the app. Lastly... One more offering. So once a year, we take up a special offering. And I just ask you to consider, these are things that we would like to do over the next year. And uh, there's a four and a half minute video you can get to on the app or the website. Here's all I ask you to do about the one more offering. Please go and watch that video, four and a half minutes long, and then pray. 
And then however you feel led after that, and it's all described there on the, on the video, so I don't need to press into it here. But please do, do me that favor and go and watch that video. That would be awesome. So our series is called Encourager. We're talking about the ministry of encouragement. Uh, Holy Spirit is an encourager. The word paraclete means to come alongside in comfort. It, it means encourager. And because it's his role as people filled with Holy Spirit, it's to be our ministry as well. And the world needs us to be encouragers. We have an enemy who tries to discourage, take courage out of the world, where to put courage into the world, particularly courage to trust God and to live his way. That's what it's all about. We are focusing in on a passage of Scripture in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and we're just hanging out in that passage. We're taking this most of this series, a big chunk of it, we're going to hand out in those six verses. And uh, in that, we're trying to model as well the idea of meditating on the Scripture and, and sort of just hanging in there and, and seeing how the Bible interprets itself and what you can learn as you press in, yielding the Holy Spirit. So we're just hanging out in those verses where we've made our way up and we'll be in the 22nd verse today in a moment. Uh, and so, and that's going to take me two weeks to do, which is good. could take longer, but I know for two weeks for sure. And we're going to continue to press in. Let me do the bad jokes real quick and then we'll press on to our time together. Oh, I wanted to go on a diet. But I feel like I have way too much on my plate right now. <laughs> my son he said angrily sort of to me the other day, Dad, you haven't listened to one word I've said to you. And I thought, what a strange way to start a conversation with me. <laughs> That's funnier than you're letting on. Now, this one is definitely not. How many ants are needed to fill an apartment? Ten ants. Ten ants. Ah! Alice, my love. The great reveal got him that time. Please come. Pray for us and lead us in the reading of the word. Ten ants. Ten ants. It took me a while to get that joke the first time I heard it. Welcome, everybody. It's good to see you. Let's press in one more time before we read the word together, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Papa. We're standing here, Lord, in your presence, Lord, and we do ask that Holy Spirit, that river would come and fill us again. We need that refilling, Father, because we leak. (laughs) And so we come and we worship. Father, I pray that... Everyone here today would feel your presence and know how dearly loved they are. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? This is Hebrews chapter 7, verses 24 through Hebrews chapter 8, 1 and 2. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. 
He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. Now the main point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. So we were talking about uh, some of these verses last week as we were really uh, sort of focusing in on the 21st verse, uh, talking about since we have a great priest. And we were looking at how his uh, priesthood is so much better than the Levitical priesthood before him. And I wanted to talk about something before we press hard into verse 22 today. And it's this idea that pops up here in 8 and 1. Where uh, it, it says, you know, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and he serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not uh, by a mere human being. And I suggested this last week to you and I said, I have this thought that when we read verses like that, we have a tendency to think uh, that there's a great distance between us and heaven and that. That I'm, I'm trying to challenge that in you, that when you read verses like that, if you catch yourself going, oh, the, the throne room, the majesty of heaven, the true tabernacle, they're talking about something millions of miles away, because that's not the reality that the scripture paints. And, and so we need to sort of make sure we have an idea of this heaven and earth overlap that I talk about here all the time. So what I did was a few weeks ago. I thought, you know, I, I, I want to illustrate this somehow. Because for years, for the last 25 years, I I've, I've would, from time to time, use a graph like this to uh, sort of try and explain this overlap, this tension of the now and the not yet, the kingdom of God, how two things are existing at once. And um, I borrowed this graph 25 years ago from George Eldon Ladd's book, The Gospel of the Kingdom. And it's, it's very helpful, I think. It, it talks about this present evil age and the... And the age to come, which are references to heaven and earth and how Jesus has come into this present age at the cross. And because of his entrance onto the scene, there's this tension, this overlap that happens. But I was thinking the other day that it, the, the graph isn't helping any. It's, it's hard to understand what I'm saying. And I think it might even in, sort of reinforce an idea that we're talking about heaven being, at, at, you know, out of out of reach, so to speak. And that's not. The picture that we have from Scripture. So I thought I would uh, learn and redraw. So let's start with this because circles are, are good, right? Um, and I think what I'm about to tell you, these next couple of slides, this is what people think. If, if you tell someone you're a Christian, I think this is kind of what they would where they would go to. And a lot of believers are going to just sort of think that these first part, which is partially true, but they think it's the whole story and then it doesn't help them get the whole story. So what they sort of think is happening is that heaven is this, this perfect place um, that exists somewhere. And that's where God is and, and where Jesus is now. And, and it's over there. And earth is this not so great place by a long shot. Uh, and it's a big mess, and that the two are quite separate, 
in the journey. And that what happens is at some point, Jesus pops out of heaven and comes to earth and he does the amazing things that he does. I'm not making light of me. He does what needs to happen. But the thought is that he does that. So at some future point, what happens is that we pop out of earth and go to heaven. It's kind of a we're going to sort of escape this messed up planet mentality. And it's partially true. But that's not the whole truth of the scripture. And I think what happens is that this, this, this sort of understanding um, leaves people sort of like, mm, like I have the question all the time, well, so what heaven, are we going to get bored in heaven? We're going to be hanging out on the cloud playing a harp? That's their picture? Um, what is that? I, I think that might be all right for a bit, but what's going to happen long term? So I gotta, what I want to do is say, this is partially true, but there's a way bigger and better story that we have, that we live in, that we need to be relating to as we press into the scriptures together, that there's more than this. So what does it look like? Well, let's try and get the whole picture. So creation, when, when you read Genesis 1, I tell you this all the time, it's a, it's a cosmic temple picture. Heaven and earth together. God and man dwelling together. That's God's heart. He, he wants to dwell with us. And he wants to dwell with us on this planet. It's the way that he set it up. And so creation looks way more like this. It, it, it was all together. It was happening together. And the, the mountain pictures and the garden pictures, all those things are about heaven and earth being connected. That's how he wanted to do it. God wants to dwell with us forever. And you remember the story. We have vocation. We're going to go and make the rest of the planet like Eden. That's, that's what we're going to do, kind of cosmic gardener sort of thing. And uh, we're the royal priesthood, we're going to image God into the world and reflect the praises of the world back to God. But we choose not to do that. God makes that a, an, an, oper, you know, an option and we take it. We're going to rebel and go our own way. And when that happens, it's known as the fall. And the fall changes everything. But I want to tell you that when that happens, God does not give up on the planet and connecting with us. He, he doesn't let the enemy win. And what starts then is this whole rescue process that makes the story make sense. So when the fall happens, heaven and earth don't split like we often think. And now it's millions of miles away. It really, it looks way more like this. They, there's a difference than, than what it was. But God's heart has never changed to dwell with us. And the idea of the temple, the tabernacle, heaven and earth connecting, stays with us throughout the story. Because we read right after the fall, very quickly what we read about is the exodus and the tabernacle. And the tabernacle is a place where God's going to dwell on the earth. And, and you can think about tabernacle as being in that overlap place. All right. So when you think about tabernacle. And then tabernacle becomes temple. And, and really, when people went to temple, they, they believed they were going into an actual heaven and earth connection. It wasn't just a building. It was something very, very real. And we have that picture. So that could be the overlap. There could be a picture of temple happening. And so we know that. And then that overlap can represent when, because we know the exile happens and the, the temple's torn down. And then Jesus comes and he says, what? I'm the temple. He's the overlap. He's the place where heaven and earth meet. Fully God, fully man. We have him there. Um, and then we have us there now because Holy Spirit fills us. He goes and sends Holy Spirit. And Paul says, we're the place where heaven and earth connect. We're the temple. And so 
you need to have these connection points happening so that when you read the, the most holy place or the heavenly places or the true tabernacle, you don't think millions of miles away. You think overlap. Remember in Ephesians, we've looked at this already. In one, it says that Jesus is seated in the heavenly places. Overlap. Ephesians 2, we're seated in the heavenly places. We're in the overlap. All these things have happened because of Jesus. And the ideas of heaven, Scripture will often call that the age to come. And stop interrupting my messages. My watch just gets excited when I start to talk certain ways. You guys got these, these, I'm gonna bunny trail, hang on, but these watches are amazing, right? Like this watch tells me, you stood up, good job! I wish life was that easy. Good job you, you stood up! You did it! Okay, back. And earth, it's known as this, this present evil age. It, it is a mess, but things are happening. And so you start thinking, think about this overlap. And it's also how we call the kingdom of God. Is The kingdom is here, but not fully here. Remember, the kingdom isn't a place. It's God's rule and reign, his authority. So it's here in part. Notice the arrow that I put under there. And it's making its advances. The kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God. That's why we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On earth, as it is in heaven. And so it's coming along this way and this continues until new creation revelation 21 and i saw a new jerusalem coming out of heaven to earth where does it come in earth god didn't abandon the earth he never gave up he's not listen he will not let the enemy steal his planet he just fixes it Makes a way for rescue. Comes and does the work. He has to come. Look, throughout this story, he's just, he's looking for people to live rightly. That's what righteous means. And it starts, you know, with Adam and Eve, and they chose not to. So the fall happens, but God doesn't give up. What's he do? Ten generations later. These these are the connections that are happening when you don't short-circuit the story. Ten generations later, a guy named Noah is there. The world is a wreck. It's a mess. The enemy has done horrific things and ruined everything. But God doesn't give up. But he does sort of reset and restart. And in Genesis 1, when things are happening, the waters cover the earth and he separates them. In Genesis 6, for a restart, what does he do? Well, he takes... Noah, who he finds to be living rightly, and, and his wife and his three sons. And if you go back and you look at how many sons we know Adam and Eve had, three. Three sons, ten generations later, find somebody living rightly, Noah, puts him in a, in a floating Eden. Why do I say that? There's people and there's animals. Just go read the story. Puts him in a floating Eden and decreates and then recreates What's happening? Because the floods come back over the earth, then they recede. And Noah's the next start, right? And then Noah gets out and he's, he doesn't do great very long. He plants a garden which is cool and then he sins. It's like a repeat of the story. God still doesn't give up. Ten generations later, Abraham and Sarah, they're, they're gonna be credited to live as righteous. Abraham is. He's gonna mess up, but you get ten generations later, and they arrive on the scene, and then there's covenants made with them, and what God says is, listen, you, you people are having trouble living rightly, so ultimately I'm gonna come and do it for you. That's what Jesus, but there's all these pictures, and on the whole story is looking for a human representative that will come and live rightly and rescue everyone. That's the story of Messiah, and he comes, fully God, fully man, Jesus comes. He defeats sin and death rises again and and when he comes back 
Things get restored, renewed. I love the promise. Don't ever forget the hope we have when that happens and the earth is renewed and restored and we get new physical bodies. You don't need a new physical body if you're not going to be hanging out here. And God's going to come. Oh, and a new body. would. Can you imagine? You're going to wake up every day feeling amazing. And so when you wake up at my age now feeling amazing and you go, I think I must have died. Because nothing hurts. That can't be right. <laughs> but that's what's going to happen. And then we partner back with God the way He always wanted it. And we get to hang out. Can you, I just, sometimes I, I just stop it. Because I'm, I'm in awe often of creation as it is. And it's flawed. The sunset, uh, you know, watching the bird life or, or mountains or whatever. Can you, we get to experience it without flaw. At some point. I can't even imagine. Anyway, all those are coming. So, wow, it's 1027. Uh, <laughs> I want you to have this picture as we think about what's going on. Because we're being invited now, in verse 22, into worship. Which is connecting with God in his presence. And you need to think of it is in this overlap place. Not that somehow you're being transported millions of miles away. You're just making a connection in the heaven and earth. Which are connected in this overlap already. And you're invited in because of what Jesus has done. And we need to respond to the invitation by moving in that direction. You have an enemy who doesn't want you to go there. And he's going to try and keep you stuck in your old mess. But the writer of Hebrews in verses 19, 20, 21, what's he been doing? He says, listen, since, two big senses, since uh, we have confidence because of Jesus and since we have a great priest over the house of God, since these things, and that's what's happening in verses 20, 19, 20, and 21, because of Jesus, we have a way in and our response is, so the two big senses and then what changes in this next whole passage is what I call the, the five led us is. Think of it as a worship salad. (laughs) Or don't. I don't really care. Let us. There's five let us in response to what Jesus has done. Because he's made a way for us to hang out with him in worship, in this in this overlap. Let us draw near to God. That's what I'm going to talk about today. That part. Okay, we got the, the rest of these verses are coming and the back half will come. But but I, I spent too long talking about the story. So let's dig in here. Let us draw near to God. We're invited to come into his presence. And, and it's the heart of what the writer of Hebrews is all about, and it's really at the heart of the gospel, that that we're to draw near. Because of what Jesus has done, we're to draw near. At, at least seven times in Hebrews, I'm only going to put three up, this idea of drawing near happens. Uh, verse 4, uh, 16, Let us then approach, draw near to God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We're, we're called to go in, even though we're a mess, because he wants to help us. Here in Hebrews 7.25, therefore he is able to save completely. I want to stop there because I get excited. Don't you glad that he saves completely? That idea of salvation is a wholeness. It's a healing. It's that he's not just a little bit. He's able to save completely those who come to God through him. So we're moving to God through Jesus because he always lives to intercede for them. I like that thought, too, that Jesus is praying for us. If you ever struggle with going into the presence of God, Jesus has your back. Wow. Right? 
Hebrews 11.6, I, I said this with the kids just a minute ago. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He wants you to come into his presence. He's not the big bad meanie pointing out all your messes. He just wants you to come and hang out with him. He created us that way. He wanted us to, to be his family and he wants to hang out with us. That's the heart of God. We're encouraged to draw near. We're encouraged to approach him in confidence, to connect with him, to turn to him, no matter what situations we're going through in our lives, knowing that his heart is to dwell with us. It's been his heart since the beginning. And we're to live in this connection with him. And, and I think we have to get our minds wrapped around the idea that it's not, we're not trying to connect with a distant sort of thought of God, that he's actively involved in our lives and, and we can connect with him here in our hearts. He's a present reality in our daily life. And you got to know this too, that your drawing near is not based on your performance. That's a lie. Because, listen, if you think you can get there based on your performance and rule following, what you're doing is you're building your own Tower of Babel to get to God. And he don't like it. (laughs) You can go and read how much he doesn't like it if you want. He just wants you to come based on who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is inviting. And in fact, the whole gospel is, is really, this is the heart of the gospel for us to draw near to God. It's, it's why Jesus has come. He's made a way for us back that we can go and be in, in the presence of God in confidence because Jesus has done what needed to happen. Peter says this. First Peter 3, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in body, but made alive in the spirit. It's the, the heart of the gospel to draw you, to bring you to God. Paul says in Romans 5.11, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation, to be reconciled to God. God chooses to see us in the perfection of his son, not based on our Tower of Babel mess, but just in the confidence of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, and that, that he wants to be with us. It's, it's such an amazing thought. I think we struggle with it. But this is the heart of God. He created us to be his family, and to hang out with us. And it's not just a promise way down the road. So don't, it's happened because of what Jesus has done. It's here in part. There's an overlap. There's a connection. We're not just waiting for everything else. It's here in part, and we need to embrace it and hang out with him and press into him and know him and pray and listen and read the word and know that he's with us and he leads and he guides and he loves. And he's not expecting us to get it right all the time because we don't. But he's there for us to help us to to do the next right thing is we go and to learn and to grow and to trust and to follow him. See, that's what's happening. And that's what the draw near is all about. Next week, we'll get to the, there's four things in there that I, I just can't get to today and treat them. It's about a sincere heart and full assurance of faith and being sprinkled by the blood and washed by pure water. There's some really cool stuff. I can hardly wait because <laughs> I love cool stuff and there's really cool stuff in there. I get, woo. Anyway, but I can't do it today, but I will. Next week. Let's just finish it there. Think about that. It's a great spot to finish. Boy, we have access to God. He invites us in. Respond to the invitation and go and hang out in his presence. Because that's where life is. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall. Alice, my love, why don't you come and we'll press in real quick. Pray.
and then dismiss. Papa, um, I pray that simple diagrams and your powerful word combined would help all of us to draw near, to realize how amazing you are and how much you love us, and to allow your mercy and your grace to settle on us, that your love would just pour into our hearts and our desire would be to draw near, to push back against all of the enemy's schemes and plots and distractions and deceptions to keep us away, but to know that you are our focus and you're where we find life. And help us to keep pressing in to know you more and to love you more each and every day. I just feel like I want, when Steve talked about drawing near to the Lord, I felt like it's difficult for some of us because when we draw near to him, it's very intimate. He knows you better than anybody else, and so we push it away. But I really want you to seek the Lord this week and, and press in past the uncomfortable because that's where God lives, and there's a level of freedom that's amazing. So be blessed in that. And Pastor Georgina had a really good word I want to sh- you guys her to share with you. Good morning. Um, yesterday, I attended JC's memorial service, and we were singing the last song, Amazing Grace. And then I just got a picture of a pillow, and then I got a picture of a, um, a and I got a word, a phrase with it, and it said that His grace and His mercy are like a pillow to you. They are your rest, and just like we, in order to to enjoy the pillow, we need to do something. We need to lay on it. I believe that God is saying that just it's for him for us to be in his rest and his grace and his mercy, we have to keep going back to it because so much of the world will distract us and keep us away from that, but he wants us there in his rest. Thank you. Good thank word, you, thank you. So Both good. of you. Good word. Yeah. Good word. All right. Uh This whole thing starts by knowing Jesus. He invites us into his story. We respond to the invitation by believing in our hearts, confessing with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, you need to do it. That's how it starts. And I want to encourage you, now is be a perfect time. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And that's the beginning of everything in your life. So make sure that you're doing that. Okay? Uh, thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity, for your faithfulness to giving, offering, tithing. We, we are so blessed, Alice and I, to partner with you on this journey as we continue to press in together. We're going to sing the doxology together, and then it will rain children soon here, and we'll dismiss. And don't forget, the ministry team is over there. If you need prayer for anything, I want you to get over there and get prayer before you leave, all right? They, they will pray for you. Let's sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen.
Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. These doors will be open for you on the way out. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. I'm praying for you. Hebrews 10.22 next week, the back half of that. So I, I think I'm pretty excited about it already. So get ready for that. Remember, you're the place where heaven and earth meet. Yes. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Yep.